Hello, I'm Marcus. And I'm Nick. We are Working Class Nerds. Cue the intro. That's right, we are Working Class Nerds, the podcast that gives you no information about your favorite information. Today is Thursday, January 7th, 2020, and you can find this, A Different Path I Walk, as the Force Leads podcast, on Apple Podcasts, Buzzsprout, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, everywhere you can find podcasts. I really think so now. You can find us. And if you can't find us on something, just tell me and I'll, I'll upload it. But it will take me probably six months to do it. Just ask Nick. Oh, yeah. Anyways, you can watch me completely fail at video games at twitch.tv slash MarcusB814. And you can find the both of us on Twitter. I am at MarcusB814. And I'm at Nick Vern. That's N-I-C-K-V-E-R-N. And this week's episode, we're screaming Happy New Year with Happy the Ki- New Year! Uh, with the Chimeri. Uh the Chimeri or Chimeri is a Twitch streamer and all around awesome guy. So welcome to the show. And what have you been up to? Hey, thanks, guys. Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, just want to say thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, just been streaming a lot, actually. You know, uh, the New Year's Eve stream, I did a surprise New Year's Eve stream and it actually just went off. It was probably my best stream I've ever done. Uh, it was wicked awesome and the community has been super great. But other than that, just working and, you know, doing my tour stuff. Can I just say how nice it is to have somebody on the show that's also from the Northeast that uses the word wicked? <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh yeah, that's a Northeast thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we and all I know never, we're from the same area, so Yeah, and I didn't realize and I didn't actually realize that was a thing until you talk to other people who are like, "Oh, well, we don't say wicked here." I'm like, "What do you mean you don't say wicked? Wicked you had a wicked awesome day?" They're like, "No, that's just not us." Yeah, we never we don't use that word ever. Ever, yeah, it's just kind of in the vocabulary. You like you don't even think about it when you say it. You're just like, yeah, that was wicked or something, uh, just something like that. Just yeah. a northeast thing. I often um, use it like as a substitute for the word "very," just like intensely something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Marcus, what were you gonna say? No, I was gonna say. So, um, you mostly play uh, Sotor. I know when you stream, but do you play any other games? Yeah, I mean, I play most of the Star Wars related games, so I do play like Battlefront 2. I play some of the old retro Star Wars games as well. But outside of that, I used to play a lot more of like League of Legends and I played like Call of Duty. Uh, Just nothing really too much right now. I haven't really been dabbling too much into playing COD anymore. I did buy the new one this year, but I just haven't really gotten to it. And I play from time to time on my PS ps4 i play sports games usually like nhl big hockey guy so i play a lot of nhl and sometimes madden and whatnot but other than that no i just stick to mostly star wars stuff or you know the stuff i'm already used to sure and where can everybody find you on twitch twitch.tv slash the backslash the chimeri uh spelt uh t-h-e-k-y M-E-R-I. I almost messed that up because I'm not used to saying that because it's usually right there in front of me when I'm streaming. So <laughs> that's that's uh, that's good. But what yeah. nights do you usually stream? I'm usually live on Monday and Wednesday at 5 p.m. EST. And then Saturdays are usually at 3 p.m. EST. There's a change, obviously, because of my work schedule, you know, 
if anything needs to be changed, you know, with schedule wise, it's always on on Twitter. Same handle as my Twitch and uh, in our Discord as well. We usually just post updates on the schedule every week, depending if I have to go to the office or something that obviously is going to determine during the week, at least the change of time. But right now, working from home, as I said before, was, you know, it gives me that opportunity to go live right at five o'clock. Sure. Oh, that's pretty sweet. And then uh, you just eat while you play. Um, no, I usually actually wait to eat or I eat late, like during the day. It depends on the day, really, though. Honestly, it depends on what's going on at work. And uh, do you what do you do in SOTOR? I mainly PVP. I'm mostly a regs PVP player. Uh, I've been playing SWOTOR for, you know, ever since the early betas. So um, I've dabbled in a little bit of everything. You know, I used to do a lot of raiding, uh, but I always came back to doing PVP. I always loved it. And, you know, it's kind of stuck with me now. And I just I just enjoy doing it. Well, I find, too, PVP is really streamer friendly because you can chat a little bit while you're doing while you're doing, you know, while you're playing. But also, too, then you get that break between matches and you're able to interact really with your uh, community while you're streaming and um, while you're waiting for the next match to begin. Believe it or not, that's why a game like Fortnite was so popular for streamers in the beginning, because you would do a battle royale and then you would die and then you would have time to like talk to your community and it helped, you know, your community grow because you can pay attention to them where if you're streaming a raid, like last night I was streaming a raid and you know, it's really hard. My chat was talking to me, but it's really hard to keep up with that and focus on the boss mechanics. And I'm not going to lie. I definitely botched some of the mechanics because I was paying attention to my chat. Oh, I'm sure. I I, I know I was very distracting last night. <laughs> <laughs> um, but either way, that's awesome. I'm so happy you're here. We I have a ton of questions for you. We'll get to in a little bit. But Nick, what uh what have you been up to? So uh, I've actually had a pretty pretty busy uh, week or two weeks since. Um, since we last recorded so a couple uh irl things going on so yesterday i got my second dose of the pfizer covid vaccine uh, um which if you don't know i didn't really quite realize this until i got my first dose that people who have had covid before particularly if you got really really sick with it uh when you get the vaccine you're gonna have worse side effects than somebody who's never had covid before i guess it's something to the effect of like your body kind of sees that it's making antibodies that are pretty similar and going, Oh shit, we don't want to get fucked up again. Like we did before. So you have a pretty strong reaction. So, um, earlier today at like two in the morning, uh, and this morning I had some pretty intense side effects. Like I woke up at two in the morning, like violently shivering. Cause I had a fever. <laughs> like I felt like I had Parkinson's. I was trying oh, wow. to, Moly. Yeah, I tried to like take an oral temperature and like my teeth were chattering so bad between like my arms shaking and my teeth chattering, I couldn't take a temperature in my mouth. It was pretty intense. So I took some Tylenol and fell back to sleep. It was fine. And then I woke up at like eight o'clock when the Tylenol wore off and was like had a fever, but I was at least I wasn't shivering. Um, but yeah, I'm still pretty sore. It's I'm actually starting before we started recording. I was mentioning that I was starting to feel better, but um. Yeah, it's all just sort of a giant immune response to, um, you know, my body making COVID antibodies, essentially. 
it's nice because I'm not actually sick, but like you get all the symptoms like you're sick, basically. Yeah, because so. it's trying to develop that immunity. But yeah, that's I mean, that's good that you got the the shot. It's... Yeah. So now uh, I'll be 95 percent protected. But yeah, if you don't know, I'll, I can run you through. I've had quite the sort of uh, array of, of covid related interactions. So if you don't know, I work in a very, very busy emergency department. Um, I got covid back in April from a patient. Uh, I was pretty substantially sick. I almost had to go to the hospital. Um, and then afterwards, I donated plasma twice for, um, you know, patients to like use those antibodies that I had from COVID. And that now after, you know, my antibodies worn off, I'm, I've got the, uh, I was able to get some of the first rounds of that Pfizer vaccine. So it's pretty, pretty interesting. I think it's fucking fantastic. Yeah. I just can't wait for you to come over. And I know you're sick now, but next time, oh my God. Yeah. Like next next episode, episode. Like from this point forward, we're finally going to be back. And what's nice about learning how to do this over the internet is like, if you're just like, Marcus, I'm really comfortable in my pajamas and I just want to hang out at home and I don't feel like coming over. We can still do it because now we're pros at doing it apart. But like right. when we're together, it's like, I don't know. It's a different vibe. You yeah. definitely and- feed off of the energies off of each other. And that's something I used to do when I was recording videos with a friend like a long time ago was it would be always a constant, you know, back and forth between us because we were actually together. You know, if we did it online, the same sort of energy wasn't always there, you know, because it's like that in-person energy that people yeah. feel. No, 100%. In the beginning, it was definitely because you could hear it in our intro where I was like, hey, I'm Marcus. And it would take like Nick like three seconds to be like, oh, shit, that's my cue. But now now we've kind of come full circle on it. And I would say definitely something that helps, too, is like the monsters and the G fuels and all that stuff. Oh, definitely. Getting all amped. I am Uh, fucking amped. I know. So, uh, continuing on with the IRL stuff. So today I got an official job offer for that research job I've been referring to. Woo-woo. Nice. Congrats. So I will, uh, no longer be in the super chaotic emergency department. And it's just like a, it's like a little bit more money, but nothing too crazy. But, um, it boosts my PA school resume cause I don't have any research experience on there. Um, so this will fill in that gap. And also it's just like a big quality of life improvement. So like rather than 12 hour shifts and working every other weekend, this is just Monday through Friday, eight to five. Um, previously I had to like shuttle in and get to work like at least 20 minutes early. If I wanted to clock on time, this, I just park right in front of the office building. So it's definitely, it's a, it's a big step up for sure. Well, and you know, this is just screaming out like the red flag warning. Yeah. You know, that extra money you're getting paid, whatever it is, even if it's like five cents an hour, that's going to have to go to a gym membership because you're going from hustling in an emergency department to sitting on your fucking lazy ass, just typing (laughs) in like, how are you feeling right now? Yeah. It's like, oh, you know what I mean? Have you had any effects from the drug trial? I'm going to see Nick and he's going to look like, um, oh shit. I can't even think of that guy's name from that movie. Job of the Hutt's uh, like right hand man at the end of the Mandalorian. Yes, exactly. Ben Fortuna. Ben Fortuna. Fortuna. Yeah. It's Nick Fortuna. (laughs) What happened to you? Nick, Nick, what happened? The research job got me. (laughs) Yeah. At least he'll still be playing paintball. He'll be able to work some of that off. That's actually such a like a vigorating sport to do. Like you actually it's actually crazy how tired you are after doing that. You wouldn't you wouldn't believe it, but it's actually pretty nuts. Marcus used to play too. I don't know if you know that. Murder town. Like if 
it, it was, and it's not an ego thing. It's kind of true. Like if I played 10 points, I would say eight out of the 10 points. If you were running through my lane on the, off the break, you were out when the point began. Oh yeah. Marcus was an exquisite off the break shooter. Yeah. But that's because that's that's awesome. I'm fat and that was all I had. <laughs> yeah, was that, he was that back line. He was that back that back was liner that, shooting down the lanes. Yeah, right. that's uh, the only there. I, uh, we have a friend of ours. His name's Matt, and he's a big guy like me. And we we were on separate teams once, and we always talked about that one time that we were going to be the fat guys that sat in the back bunker and just snapshot with each other to get each other out. And that one time in one match over these years that we actually got to do it, the fucker shot me in the boob. And I, I was so mad at him because like I wanted to beat him so bad because that's like forever bragging rights. Cause it's never, ever going to happen again. And he still texts me. Remember that time that we were snap shooting? Oh yeah. You don't remember it. Cause you got shot out. But, but yeah. So when I stopped playing paintball, I completely packed on some of the pounds. Yeah. Because when you're playing paintball every weekend, even if, even if you're not working out, you know, outside of paintball which you should be if you're taking paintball seriously Mm -hmm. but like you definitely get worked like you feel whooped and your body is actually like you're like exercising for the week on that sunday yeah a lot of times for sure i love paintball man i i could talk about paintball for a whole episode (laughs) (laughs) me too yeah, it's really it's really cool. It's been a long time, and I've actually talked to my coworker about going again at some point. But obviously, we we're waiting for everything to go, you know, calm down a little bit. You know, everything yeah. is, I'm sure, you know, as crazy. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 a really cool thing. And that's what I noticed when I saw your profile at first, Nick. And I'm like, huh, that's funny. And of course, you guys are you know around my area, so I do know the places. So it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you do end up coming out to Matt's Outback, let me know. I'll. Uh be happy to get you in on some points or something for sure that sounds fun but um so in gaming news i've been playing a pretty substantial amount of call of duty cold war um nope. a lot of i've been grinding through camos for my two favorite guns the ak-47 and the bullfrog so i run um a setup with both of them so i'll have the ak with like a i think it's like a three times scope or something so it's a little bit further away and then the bullfrog with no scope and like all of the attachments to make it like as fast of a um what's the diamond ads yes thank you ads as possible and then like a 65 round magazine so like close quarters it's just pure spray and pray and then yes and then like if somebody's far away i can use the ak to shoot them i've run into a few times where like i've actually shot snipers that were already looking at me with it which (laughs) i'm pretty proud of (laughs) yeah the ak is legit in that game ak is nice but that bullfrog's pretty sweet too i haven't used the bullfrog before i liked actually my favorite thing that came into that game was the 74u i always love that smg so much and i was like you know what now it's time for redemption to bring it out you know because in modern warfare what i did was i would just take all that like, i made like the no stock on the ak and i was like here's my 74u here we go we're going run and gun right up close uh-huh. and uh that's what i would do because i missed the 74u so much and then when i heard it was in cold war i was really excited so it's been fun that's what i usually use quite a bit before um so i splurged a little and i saw a cool like i think it was during the holidays skin for um it was like the rocket pack or something so it was a skin for the ak-47 and then a skin for the bullfrog or, or blueprint i should say um and i hadn't unlocked the bullfrog yet but they, it makes them both look like rockets or something like icbm rockets and 
originally I was using the AK with the AK-47 with the AK-74U as my um, submachine gun. So I, I definitely like that too. And then when I unlocked the bull, the blueprint for the bullfrog, I, I ended up liking that more. So that's what I stuck with. But I think they're both really, really nice. You can't go wrong with either one. But I get shot a lot by the AK-74U. <laughs> Um, in terms of Call of Duty, I don't know about anyone else that's played, but typically I'm like a 0.8 kill death ratio kind of guy, like definitely under one. Um, but for some reason in this game, I'm doing ridiculously well for like, for me, like oftentimes my, like my kill death is well over one most of the time. And it's, I think my average is like a 1.21 currently. So I don't know if like it's the skill-based matchmaking. It just happens to be working in my favor or like it was just the Christmas noobs that I kept running up against recently or something, but I just seem to be doing really well. And it's like completely not my normal Call of Duty performance. It's the game. So we've talked about this before. So you have Activision, which is the publishing company for Call of Duty, but then you have the different studios like Infinity Ward, and then who and Treyarch makes Black Ops. So yeah. Infinity Ward makes the Modern Warfare series. You see where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. I'm a Treyarch fanboy. I'm just going to say it right now. Yeah, like me some too. Of my, some of my favorite Call of Duties, you know, original Black Ops, Black Ops 2, you know, I, I just absolutely love those games. And, you know, that's why I was so excited for Cold War and still am and i i play it once in a while nowadays but yeah you were right though nick i think it's i think it's the game like treyarch is just i don't know i feel like their call of duties are really well-rounded and i just enjoy them a lot more i'm one of those dudes you can ask some of my friends that you know i challenge these stupidest gunfights because you know that's just the type of player i am i'll just <laughs> run in and do whatever you know i'll just i'll i'll challenge like any any fight basically and yeah. uh yeah no it's definitely it's definitely good to be back in the treyarch games because I, I really enjoy them a lot what I find for the tr- so I feel like I agree what you're saying, Kamiri, is that the, it's a well-rounded game, where I feel like Modern Warfare focuses on movement and the map quality, mm-hmm. versus Treyarch focuses on an all-around game. So like Cold War's maps aren't as good as Modern Warfare's, absolutely not. I mean, who doesn't love Nuketown though? But like seriously, yeah, but those are the throwbacks map, anyway, you know? Right, exactly. Those maps are. Those maps are aren't as good as Modern Warfare, but I feel like the gameplay in Cold War is way better than Modern Warfare. Um, and maybe it's the speed, maybe it's just the feel of it, but the Treyarch games are better for me as well. Yeah, so I think one thing too, and you notice this with the Cold War, they had to have, they had to add Raid back in, which is a Black Ops Two map, and because people yeah. were really upset about the maps, you know, on launch day, I remember reading on like Reddit, people were really not happy with some of the maps and they were like wow these are not Treyarch maps like what is going on you know so I, I i do understand that i think i think modern warfare had the better maps on this one this round at least you know mm-hmm. i feel like they were a little bit better but other than that you know i think the tr- overall part of the games that i enjoy like the gunplay all that stuff goes to Treyarch, in my opinion i i agree completely yeah. i think I, I remember reading somewhere on reddit that sledgehammer games started developing cold war or something to that effect and like made a lot of the maps and then either Treyarch or raven studios or, or a combination of the two took over partway through or something it had to like sort of patch things back together and folks were blaming uh sledgehammer for the subpar like launch maps if i will. did hear that i did see that same article i think you're talking about that they they were trying to pick up the pieces from sledgehammer basically oh, because yeah. if you didn't know sledgehammer 
isn't actually making any more like Call of Duties. I don't think like specifically anymore, like under their own umbrella after mm-hmm. World War II's disaster, you know. So I mean, and what was the other one? Um, Advanced Warfare. But I heard I was watching a podcast today that they were. I think AW2 might be the next thing, and I don't know if that's a true rumor or not. But like, I was like, oh no, like. But I, I think they're more with like Treyarch now. Like Sledgehammer got like absorbed. I think I don't know really the exact specifics, but that's also what I heard, Nick. I heard well, the same thing. What I hope they don't do Advanced Warfighter again because that's when Call of Duty lost it. Because like I played Call of Duty because of the way it felt. I didn't want to play Halo Call of Duty. And when you started putting in the running on walls in the in like the Titanfall running on walls and then the jetpacks like Halo, I, I lost complete interest because it became a Halo game. And I feel like the people that play Call of Duty want to play Call of Duty because of the way Call of Duty felt when it was Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2, and Black Ops. That's why they wanted to play it. They didn't want to play jetpacks. And I feel like that's when they got above and like above their britches because they were following trends of all the other games and what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And they just didn't stick to, you know, the one thing. The other thing I want to say about Call of Duty is I wish they would just come out once every other year. If they just focused for a whole year or two years on a game and just sold map pack after map pack and updates and seasons and all this stuff, the game would be awesome by the end. And then they would start over with a new game and it would be two years. They'd probably make more money, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I'm not like, obviously not a, like an economist or sort of game marketing person, but that seems like a good strategy too. Cause it gives you for sure. more development time, you know, to like make it as super crazy polished as you want it to be. Yeah, yeah but, and I've seen I've seen players that play in the CDL, which is like the pro league in COD. I yep. follow that pretty extensively. I used to be really big into Call of Duty, like back probably like seven years ago, but Black Ops Two mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was around for quite a bit of that. And you know, I see that they were like, "Oh, sometimes I wish we would have you know more updates and maybe not a game every year because sometimes it hurts." And especially if they're still like you know if the if it's like a Treyarch game, you know, they'll actually, you know, fully go for the players and they'll try to, you know, work with all the players and stuff to make the game as perfect as possible. And obviously changing a game after every year and then having to, you know, keep constantly having that rotation of change has been, you know, quite a bit for uh, players and stuff. Well, we've <laughs> talked about the main issue right now is you're going to see it. So you have Call of Duty Warzone, right? right? Yep. And people love and that's the Battle Royale. And now you have Treyarch, who now you're putting Treyarch's guns into Modern Warfare, but the game doesn't feel like Cold War. It feels like Modern Warfare. So now, essentially, you have two separate games running. So if you're really good at at Cold War and then you go play Modern Warfare, it feels like a complete different game. So how do they fix that long term? And then, so is it only going to be Infinity Ward that updates the 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 war zone update so i don't know for me I, they're kind of in a rock and a hard place if you ask me coming out with a game every year i agree completely nick you sound like you just got a little bit low just an fyi oh can you hear oh, me there now? You yeah you're a little far away from the mic i i uh yeah my, my mic adjusted it slouched down a little bit slouch so Besides the extensive Call of Duty play, uh, I also finished the first. What do you call like a first comic? Is it episode? No. What's first the first issue? Issue. First Sorry. Issue. 
Sorry, I finished the first issue of the New High Republic comic. Hell yeah. Ooh, yeah, nice. I just got the book myself. I haven't started reading yet, The Light of the Jedi. I haven't read it yet. I uh I also started listening to listening to Light of the Jedi. Um I did not get the physical copy of the book yet. I probably will just to have it. Good luck. But, well, okay. Uh maybe not. But uh I'll probably just end up listening to it. But the comics I'm pretty pumped about. So I'm through Marcus, because Marcus is the resident comic guru. I'm completely a comic noob here. Um, he got us each a copy of the first edition, um, which we're just going to wrap up and get graded and like tuck away in a closet for years and years and years. And I bought the um, digital editions that I could actually read it. But Yeah, you got to yeah. do that with some of those comics. I mean, I wish I did that with the, the current Vader comics. They're actually so incredible. And I, that was actually my, not my first experience with comics, but one that really just grabbed me. And I was like, I need to read the next issue like so badly right now after one issue after another. And I'm like, uh, more, please. Thank you. Come on. Like, give it. Yeah. So, um, other than for Star Wars, the Star Wars comics, the Darth Vader comic, um, was the best written comic ever. Yeah. Have to go read that. And it's not, and it's not because I'm a Star Wars freak it's because it was so well written and it made you feel vader's emotions as he was doing these things and it just oh my god it was magic yeah it was it it was actually really incredible and i i just i'm so excited that that was just out there you know for fans you know and it it does like you said show vader's emotions while he has to do these things and he's definitely struggling like it's not like he's just you know, just, oh, I'm the Dark Lord of the Sith. I'm just going to kill everybody. Like, he's dealing with these emotions, like, in himself, you know, within himself. So Yes. And, Nick, what's awesome for you now is with that digital thing, like, you mm-hmm. can buy a comic for four bucks, but I think you can buy, like, the whole first, like, the 10-pack series, and it'll be, like, five bucks. But, like, when you're at work and you're on break, you can read through a comic real quick. And then at the next break, you get do another one. Or if not, you read a couple pages, and then it just stays on the page you're on it's the the digital comic is amazing but i still want the paper copy right you know what you know what i did i thought was pretty cool is i put on like spotify the just like the star wars soundtrack while i was listening or while i was reading i mean just to have like some sort of background to put me in that universe you know i thought that was like a cool little yeah, atmosphere all, to have. While you're all I'm going to say is I'm glad I'm not the only one who does that because I do it while I read the books sometimes. Like I'll actually <laughs> put that soundtrack on from Spotify and I'm just like listening to all the, you know, the John Williams scores or like the Clone Wars scores or something. And right. they're actually just so incredible and nostalgic for me. Um, but yeah, no, I'm totally you're not the only one. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. See, I think for me, I'm got, I've listened to a lot of Star Wars books uh, via Audible and on those they have like fully like fleshed out soundtracks and like sound effects and mark thompson does all like the voices of the different characters yeah the audible books are amazing yeah so like that is a dramatically more like fleshed out experience than just reading like text on a page or like a comic with the illustrations too to have like so i wanted when i was reading the comic i wanted a little bit of sort of audio to go with it too don't hate me. I haven't ever had an audiobook for Star Wars yet because I what? prefer physical. Co- See, no, the thing dude, about that is no. I prefer physical reading. I, I No, no, but I understand that. But the book is I'm great just, when you're doing I, something else. I want you to I'm going to I'm going to see if I can gift you a book on Audible. 
you need to listen to Error to the Empire on Audible. Mark Thompson does it, and it's Luke, Leia, and it's not canon because it's the first Thrawn trilogy. Yeah. It is it is my by far favorite book of non-canon. And when you listen to it, it looks like the way he reads it, it sounds like you're actually listening to Han talk. And you're going to be like, oh, my God. I'm never buying a physical book again. No, no, no. <laughs> it's Marcus. No, no, no. It's, it's Mark Thompson or Jonathan Davis does an awesome job. Like yeah. the Bane trilogy. I So uh. I didn't have any books to listen to. So I, I, power, I power listen to at work the, the Bane trilogy yep. again. And man, Jonathan Davis makes you feel like you want orbalisks all over your body. Yep. And you want to like slash everybody to pieces and like, oh man. Yeah. Or anyway. like the, the Darth Plagueis book. I think that's Mark Thompson again. Or the uh, even no, the even Jonathan the, Davis. Oh, that's Jonathan Davis too. Well the the um the Canon Thrawn trilogy is really good too. I, I mean yeah. all of them are good, man. There there's all the audio audible like uh, Audiobooks for Star Wars are great. But if somebody never listened to an audiobook before, yeah. in my opinion, the best the best audiobook to listen to for your first one is Heir to the Empire because it's set right after Return of the Jedi before this whole new canon. But it's all the voices of the people. Like Mark Thompson's voice of Leia is amazing. Luke sounds like that little baby farm boy sometimes when he has to. It's so good. Yeah, I'll definitely oh. have to give that a try. I'm I, I'm ashamed that I've never done that yet because I've heard very good things about all the audiobooks. But I'm the type of person that when I'm listening to something like that, I'm taking a snooze because I fall asleep to like people's streams and sounds and like I some nights off rain sounds on. But I'm I'm the, like that. That's kind of how I am. So if I'm just sitting here listening to an audiobook, I'm probably gonna have my face in the keyboard in about two, in like twenty minutes or so. Yeah, but well, so I do agree. But I listen to it while I'm like you listen to podcasts, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. So, like, we I'll do it, like, well, I work in a shop, so it's different, so it's in my ear all day. But, like, you just listen to it, and you may, like, not hear every word. So I can't sit in one place and just listen to an audiobook. No, I feel neither. like an idiot I doing would, that. Right? I'd fall like, too. I do it while I'm driving or this. Sometimes an audiobook will take me a month to finish because, you know, I might not be in the shop a lot or whatever the reason is. But... Sometimes I'll blow through it in, you know, a couple days. Mm -hmm. It just depends on what you're doing and you'll find that time. Cause if you listen to it, you're going to want to listen to it or play PVP in star Wars and not obviously not be streaming. And you just turn the sound down cause you don't really need sound and you can, uh, just listen to the audio book while you play. You, I'm telling you, once you listen, you're going to be like, Oh my God, what has happened to me? Yeah, I'm probably doing that after the podcast. Just saying, I'm just going to grab something. <laughs> Sorry, my money's going to Audible. Peace, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I don't blame you in the slightest. Anything else, Nick? I think that was everything. That was a lot. Yeah. So, Marcus, uh, how's it going and what have you been up to? So, I, I, I'll start with the High Republic stuff. So, I have pre-ordered every book. I got two copies of the kids' book because two kids. They actually came with really cool fucking stickers. And the kids want to take the stickers off and I won't allow them to. Cause I'm like, no, then the books aren't going to be worth anything later. Yeah. Um, but I've read the, the children's book, which is a really, really, really light version of light of the Jedi um, book. So I think that's pretty cool that I'm re reading the actual adult novel, but the kid novel 
like the kid book is just basically a really, really dumbed down version of it, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Um, the other thing is, so I have been reading the real book. I've read two chapters of the real book, but I'm on chapter seven of the audible book. And people are like, why are you doing both? Because I find that sometimes when I read a book, I'll, I'll, I'll hear something in my head that I don't notice in the audio audio version. And because I've been waiting for this, this moment for a long time. And since I have gotten no, there's been no new star Wars for me other than the prequels, right? Like the sequel trilogy was old people that they were telling a story of Mm -hmm. the prequels were a story that was never told. Right. The sequel trilogy was just a continuation of Return of the Jedi or later on. You know what I mean? So I feel like it was a new story, but it was an old story. Yeah. Where like the prequels were like the beginning of it. And that story was never told. This is something that is completely new. And for me, hearing some of the things they're saying about, you know, the outer rim or the way the Jedis are and like the Jedi trials and all these things, it's like, whoa, that's pretty cool. Oh, that's pretty cool. I've heard of this prime, you know, spoiler alert. uh, I can't uh, screw it. They talk about Bantha, like the Bantha tank fluid. Like I didn't know where that came from, but now I do. Yeah. That was the the biggest thing about the new, the new Republic or the, yeah. Uh, Is the fact that the high Republic, I don't know why I said new Republic. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Um, No, that's the one thing about it is, you know, it's an era that hasn't been explored, you know, and that was probably the biggest interest for me is like, man, this is a whole new, like mostly new characters. I mean, of course we're going to get like Yoda spoiler alert. I mean, if you haven't seen that stuff yet, I mean, he's going to be there, but like, you know what I mean? Like it's all these different characters. They're going to be telling a different story. I see, you know, some people are very cautious about it, but there's others that I'm seeing, you know, non-spoiler reviews and I'm watching the videos and they're like, these are some of the best books I've read. You know, Charles Sewell is actually an amazing author and I'm so excited to get into uh, that the first book here, The Light of the Jedi, but I have another book to finish, so I need to do that first. I can't, I can't split my attention like that, where I'm like reading one book and then like be like, "Yep, new books here. Gotta, gotta read the new one." Can't do that. I have to finish the other one first. I it's just like, feel guilty. It's like watching two intense drama shows series at the same time. You know, you can't like watch Game of Thrones and Peaky Blinders back and back and forth. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I do agree with you. But the thing that is really catching my eye and you have your haters, right? But what I like is this might just be another shadow of the empire, right? They, the the shadow of the empire series was, it was comic books. It was a book and it was a few things and it never went anywhere. But I think what Disney has woke up to is that they look, you look at Marvel, Marvel comics came out in the sixties. They, they fleshed out what works and what doesn't. In my opinion, Disney is going to take this. They said already that all of these stories that they take are going to commence to one that are all connected and they're going to uh, amount to one moment. Right. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, look at like the uh, uh, Marvel for 10 years. It ended with it. Excuse me. It ended with Endgame. Imagine if they start with these comic books and the books and like some of them do great. Some of them are meh and they figure out what works, what doesn't. And then they make a trilogy off of five years of books and comics and maybe even like 
an audio um, audio book or maybe, you know, do a podcast or maybe a cartoon or whatever for it. And they find out what works and then they make a trilogy. The fucking trilogy would be unbelievable. People would be eating out of Disney's hands for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really, it really would be. Isn't the Acolyte show supposed to be set in this era? The High Republic? It, yes, right at the yeah. end. Yeah. yeah. So, so. The, so the speculation is, is the Padawan that you're following is Plagueis. Oh, that's what? Spe- I didn't yeah, hear that. That's the first I heard of it. My eyes so just opened up super wide. Like, so that's whoa. The, well, cause if, so at the end of the high Republic was the beginning of the, the new Republic. And, um, that would make sense because Plagueis was the master coming into the, um, Phantom Menace, right. which is the, you know, is, which is more towards, it's more into the new Republic ver- or the, like the galactic Senate era where, you know what I mean? So like, that's the, that's the rumor. I don't know if it's true, but it would be right. dope. And that's how they could make the Plagueis book canon. Oh man, that book is so good too. I've read that, you know, as a, as a hard read, I didn't read it as an auto audio book or anything, but yeah. it was such an incredible book. And I remember, you know, talking to my friend about it and I'm like, dude, this book is actually so good. And it made me so upset that that wasn't, you know, canon because it's actually an incredible story and a lot of stuff makes sense. Yeah. And how it ends. Yeah. So it's awesome. But anyway, so I did get us. So the High Republic comic, if you want to print copy, you can't. So nobody... So when I was talking to the owner of our local comic book shop, mm-hmm. um, he said that he only ordered 12 copies. He said he got 100 phone calls that day asking if they had any. He said if he knew how many, like he didn't even order any variant copies because he didn't even realize how big this was going to be. Yeah. But if you want to talk about how big Star Wars is now because of The Mandalorian... There was a comic a couple of years ago when Rebels was a thing. It was the Jedi. It was called Jedi Padawan Kanan. It was oh, about the Kanan, Kanan. Jarrus. Yep. yep. So if you have issue number six right now, they're selling for like $200 ungraded. If you have issue number two, which is the first Sabine Wren, it's selling for $80 right now ungraded if it's graded it's worth even more episode i think he said it was like 1800 bucks if you had a 9.8 and it was graded that's what that comic is worth issue six right now holy shit that's incredible like i have those comics but like i never thought that that bullshit comic would ever be worth something but you didn't realize how big star wars would be right now yeah you know but anyways high republic please everybody get on it um I'm all about it. Me too. And lastly about it, I really like how they're really diving into the force and like understanding the force. And it, for me, that is what's really cool. And and I'm excited for them to tell the stories of the stuff that was never told to us. Cause really for us, you know, it was never about the force. It was always about the Sith, right? All of our movies were always based off Sith and like the Jedi were there, but this is like, there aren't any Sith. Well, there is, there's two, but we don't know that yet, but yeah. if they're really focusing on like the different Jedi and what their jobs are. And it's just awesome. Anyways. um, So I, the nightmare team that I was on, that was, 
focused on Dread Fortress collapsed. Um, after like three or four weeks, the leader, you know, running a team isn't easy. I, I think he quit a little too soon, but, you know, that's not for me to judge. And mm-hmm. if I'm calling him out, I'm sorry. I don't mean it that way. I just think it sucks that the team ended because we were doing really, really well in like three in like two weeks, we got to Bronte's and nightmare, which is fucking awesome. And half the team never did it before. So we had a really good team together anyways, moving on. So with that, I was, I was rating Tuesday and Wednesday nights and I had a hole in my schedule and I applied to be on a different nightmare team, which ran Fridays and Saturdays, but the tryouts never worked out for me in my time. And I felt bad. Like, they're like, oh, can you do Thursday? No, Thursdays are podcast day. Oh, can you do this day? Sorry, I'm raiding with this team. And so I couldn't try it. So I let them know that, like, look at I'm really sorry. Sorry, I can't. So now I'm raiding Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday nights. Monday night is a fortitude team. Um, it's an awful team because it's on the pub side. But, uh, oh. uh, yeah, exactly. Thank you, everybody. You all feel my pain, but it's uh, it's with Lawrence Guild Fortitude. We're doing hard mode Ravagers, which is really sweet because I have not cleared that yet. And then we've taken we've taken the scraps from the uh, the nightmare team that ended. And I'm saying the scraps, the players that were left over and we've created a new team and we're actually doing hard mode Duxon as the first um, op because it's, I, I haven't done it, but it's the mechanics are really good and it's current content. Um, so it means you, your gear has to be different than the old stuff. So it's really fun. Um, this week we did two days and we got to the, the mutant Trandoshans, or better known as the Power Rangers, um, <laughs> which is pretty sweet. That was really fun. Um, but the first night we cleared red, which if you're a working class nerds veteran, we announced red on the show with Matt Pusevich and Eric Musco when they were on the show last. Yep. And they um they talked about they talked about it. We got a screenshot of the the boss and they actually was codenamed blue because they couldn't actually um, announce the name of the boss, which is ridiculous to me, but whatever. Anyway, Wars always did that stuff. They always hid there. Even, even in the movies, they, the blue harvest, all that stuff, you know, just gotta yeah. hide it all. Yep. And then, so I'm going to dog on Bioware a little bit. So I've been, so this is, this past stream was my second time trying to do the shroud of memory it's the okay. hk 55 quest so saturday my saturday night streams have become either fill in on a raid team or really i've been focusing on story content because it's really fun and it gives me an opportunity to finish the class stories or do the things that i haven't done that I, because i'm raiding most of the time so back when the shroud of memory got announced it was a subscriber reward, or if you subscribe for a year straight, you got this quest. I didn't subscribe for the summer of that year because I got married that year. So I missed out on this quest by two months. Right. And so I remember emailing Bioware like, dude, I got married. I'm so sorry. Can I prepay those two months that I missed and I'll just get it? And they're like, nope, sorry. Move along, kid. So. It was on sale on the cartel market back around Black Friday, so I purchased it. But I pur- purchased it on my smuggler 
that's the um no gunslinger gunslinger that's the uh pub side version right yeah or the, uh, no, but, but, yeah or smuggler yeah so in my smuggler was like level 35 little did i know you can't use it on that because you have to uh, you have to be level 65 and done uh whatever knights of the fallen empire chapter 9 in order to get hk55 back so i was all excited i announced it on twitter discord everything and it didn't work so i i hyped it up I was so excited for it and it didn't work because I didn't meet the requirements, but because it's bugged of some sort, I couldn't pass it and it was bound to this one tune and it was like bugged somehow where it didn't unlock on my character. I'm like able to like on my account so I could pass it to somebody else. It was bugged. So that night I didn't get to do it. Stream disappointed. So then I created a ticket and told Bioware like, Dude, I just spent 1900 cartel coins. This is what I need to do. So night two, this was this past Saturday. I was so goddamn excited, everybody. I Like, I was so excited because it's a quest I've never done. You don't see a lot of streamers stream this because it's like a rarity. So I'm like, okay, this is going to be so much fun. Some people haven't even seen this. Everybody I talked to said this mission is awesome. So I go through, I load it up. It doesn't work. I do all the prerequisites to do it. I actually do the prerequisites on two t- two players, two uh, of my characters. Still doesn't unlock. There's nowhere to do it. So after hours of figuring it out, trying to do it, it didn't work. Stream fail number two. I had to create another ticket to Bioware for them to unlock it. And they just unlocked it again. I just got notification. So this third time's a charm, right? So this Thursday, I mean, this Saturday, I'm going to actually get to do it. But I wanted to say, like, I'm not dogging on you because, like, I get it and I understand. But, like, if you went to the cartel market right now, it's 3,800 cartel coins. Can you imagine spending 3,800 cartel coins and the shit is broken? Like, to me, that is unacceptable. Yeah, that's a good point. You know what I mean? And, like, what I don't understand, and I don't understand game development, I never pretend to. I build cabinets for a living. How does that shit break? And how are you not fixing that? Because when I went on to the Reddit, the Reddit was going bananas over it, saying, yeah, this shit's been broken forever. Like, how is that possible? How do you have an item that's for sale that is constantly broken? Can you imagine being a player that's not me that just spent all their cartel coins because they've been saving for a goddamn year of cartel coins to get it? Or maybe they got it for a Christmas present and they unlock cartel coins and they can't even play the goddamn game. And it takes three days for the customer service team to get back to you. That sounds just like an absolute nightmare situation there, honestly. Well, yeah, and, and and I'm a Bioware fan. I'm just saying that, like, it, so the positive side is I'm going to get to do it this Saturday, but that's three su- Saturdays of planning. So now when I do a Twitter post to get my, my community hyped up for it, they're going to be like, dude, you've said that for three weeks in a row. I'm not actually going to show up because it's not going to work. Right. Wah, wah. Also, too, last thing is... um. 
Nick and I, and I haven't even mentioned this to Nick yet. Nick and I may have a new idea for the podcast coming up. So if you're listening, my suggestion, join our discord. Moving on in SOTOR <laughs> news in SOTOR news. It's really quick. Uh, Chris Schmidt said in the theory crafters uh, discord that the season, whatever ranked PVP is going to be 13, in, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> Mark is like, couldn't be, couldn't be bothered with PVP. <laughs> well, no. Um, hold on. I'm going to read it. Uh, Please hold while Marcus uses his Google skills. He said it will be announced in a blog post in the next couple of weeks. I'm not sure if they are changing. The team is still working on it. Um, basically, they're saying that the season's ending. They don't. It's coming soon. So if you're a ranked PVP player, and this is coming straight from Kogus, um, keep playing because the season's going to be ending soon. So if you want to hit your tier rank, uh, get on it. Also, too, uh, Life Day has happened in the game. So snowballs have been thrown. People have hugged um, thousands of Wookiees, cartel market sales. Um, and then we got a bunch of uh, like kind of like uh, notes from the dev saying happy holidays. They can't believe it. But I, I just want to read a little excerpt from Keith. And this is just going to I'm not bringing out the tinfoil hat. I promise my tinfoil hats are over. For right now but he starts off it says happy ninth anniversary to sotor blah 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 i have a ton of memories and this year is no different almost a full decade and so much has changed but a lot hasn't no i'm not talking about the bug you reported five years ago <laughs> we have some major plans coming for our 10th year i almost can't wait to start telling you what's up and when you'll get involved along with some really cool underlying changes that I think you'll appreciate. Y'all will appreciate stay healthy, be safe, enjoy 2020, but now we're 2021. So officially we're in the 10th year anniversary of star Wars. So I think probably, I would say probably March, we're going to start to hear about whatever that 10th year is. Mm -hmm. Um, in my opinion. Yep. Um, so in, in the meantime, I think we're going to be getting that story of that flashpoint, whatever it's called, not echoes of vengeance. Um, whatever the shave is flashpoint is called. I can't even remember. Um, but either way, uh, we're going to be looking forward to that. They said that they're going to be doing a live stream sometime in early 2021. So I would expect that at the end of the month or in sometime in February. I would guess, you know, kind of like a welcome, welcome, maybe, maybe like a mini peek into the roadmap, possibly. I mean, that's it's an option. I mean, I, I think yeah. I think that's what people want to see, especially uh, 6.2 uh, didn't start out too hot. Honestly, like everything was going on with the the bug and the flashpoints and all that good stuff, you know. So I, I think people really want to hear what they're going to be doing for the 10 year anniversary. Obviously, a huge year for the game. You know, that's that's a huge thing. You if you would have told me 10 years ago that I'd be still playing Swotor, I mean, I I don't know. I love the game that much. Let me just put it that way. So. No, I agree. I agree. I think it's going to be big. Um, yeah. So either way, um, it's good. Would so like to, and, 
Yeah, like in AIE news, AIE news, we've got AIE Con coming January 22nd through 24th. And the description reads, a long, dark winter is upon us. And what better way to spend it than with friends online? Announcing the first ever AIE Con. This will be our first attempt to put together a weekend of, quote, games convention style. Uh, oh, sorry. A weekend of games convention style side activities a bit outside the usual in-game events we hold across our divisions. So the AIE Con for winter 2021 is scheduled for the weekend of January 22nd through the 24th. The leaders of the event tracks are hard at work pulling together plans and finalizing details. So yes, this is all subject to change, but here's when you can likely expect. So we're gonna have um, we're gonna have some presentations of panels on the fr- on the Friday, uh, January twenty second at night. Um, I don't have the exact time. We're gonna be doing a uh, combination podcast episode. Uh, working class nerds in the Star Wars Escape podcast, Max and Sema. So yep. we're going to be doing a co-show, uh, which is going to be really, really fun. Talking about all the games, all the stuff going on. We're super excited for that. They're talking. We're going to be. There's probably going to be an indie game developer um, who essentially developed a game from scratch because he was in a. Um, he he entered a contest to make a game and it just kind of blew up and he made a real game that's on steam and um, Apple iTunes. So he's probably going to be talking about that. There's going to be casual games, um, a bunch of things like Jackbox, probably among us, some like really fun, lighthearted games that you can like get in and out of and just be able to enjoy stuff. Um, shout out to a friend of the show, Albus. He's going to be hosting the board games. The game is called forgotten waters. It's a pirate game. And Basically, I've been a part of the trial runs of this, mm-hmm. and it's actually really, really fun. Um, he sets it up in this tabletop simulator game yep. in uh, Steam, and then you log into their online portal for the game. So basically, you split your screen if you only have one monitor, where half of it is the uh, tabletop you know, Discord version of the game like his live stream of it. And then you have your actual job where you like fill in all your numbers. And basically you're charting a map in a pirate ship, trying to survive to find the treasure. Also too, they're going to be doing dungeons and dragons. So there's going to be a bunch of, um, dungeons and dragons, uh, sessions. So it's going to be like, are you D and D curious or a seasoned expert? Um, they're going to have different sessions for different levels of play, you know, plan for a couple hours, two to three, four hours. I don't know what those, those, those one-off games are going to be, but that's pretty much what's going to be, uh, stay tuned everybody. There's going to be more details probably coming this week or this weekend about how to sign up, where the signups are, um, in the discord right now. There's a, a survey to basically, if you want, if you, this interests you, please go to our discord and get the information and fill out the survey. It'll help us judge how many people are interested in which Nick, where can we find the discord? Uh, the AIE discord, you mean? Yep. Oh, if all this sounds fun to you, go to AIE dash guild.org, which on which you'll find links to the Discord, and you can just jump in and ask for a guild invite. 
So whether or not you play Star Wars Old Republic or any of the other games you want to play, or if you just want to get involved in our AIE con, we'd love to have you. Come on down. And I'm assuming, Nick, you have to use the bathroom. Uh, as always, I most definitely do. So we'll be right back. <laughs> Jeez, Nick, hurry up. We're trying to finish this podcast. And we're back. So today we're going to dive into the Chimeri and his Twitch channel. And I know Marcus has lots and lots of questions so that you and and us as well. Uh, we as well. Uh, us you as well. You said it right. Just, yeah, let's get into it. Chimeri, tell if, if you could describe your channel to viewers in three words, what would it be? Non-toxic PvP. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> I like that. Okay, so, you know, you said PvP, so I know we mentioned it earlier, but can you guys, can you give everybody just a quick breakdown of what your channel is um, and what you stream just to set the context of this? Sure, yeah. So for the most part, I stream Unranked War Zones, which is the AV8 Battlegrounds. If you've played World of Warcraft, it's similar to Battlegrounds. And uh, yeah, it's just the unranked mode of the game for PvP. I've always found that more fun to play in the AV8s. I don't know. I never really got too big into ranked. So uh, yeah, that's mostly what I stream. Oftentimes, that's what you'll see me streaming. But there'll be other times where I've been playing other Star Wars games like Battlefront 2, Squadrons, or you know, Fallen Order or something. I'm going to be getting into that as well down the road. But mostly, most of my time goes to PvP in uh, Star Wars Zild Republic. I've never seen you stream another game other than the Old Republic. Yeah, it, it was a little bit before. It was around like August I started doing that. I did a little bit of Battlefront 2. And then in October, once Squadrons came out, the first week, I did it twice. I played sure. I played Squadrons for half the stream, and then I went to SWOTOR. How long have you been streaming for? Uh, so that's a really complicated question. So you're going to get a lot from me. So basically, I actually started my channel in 2016. Uh, but I only did it to put up some gameplay with my friend, Tim. I just kind of put it up there for gameplay. I never really tried to do the community building, you know, never really thought of it as anything. Just kind of wanted to put the content out there, PVP and all that good stuff. Um, and then I took, a, I took some time off after I tried doing that before came back in like 2018, uh, really tried a little harder. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to make this like a little bit bigger, a little bit better. And, uh, I still didn't find like the, the secret formula, and I don't even know if I found it now, which is crazy to me after seeing how big my channel has blown up, but it's the fact that like I came back in 2018, uh, then life, you know, life happens. I was a college student. I worked retail. My computer broke, so I literally couldn't do anything after that. You know, obviously, I didn't have anything to record, you know, gameplay. I had a laptop, but that wasn't going to do it for me. Um, so I had to take some time off on that, and, you know, really, because of COVID, this this actually opportunity presented itself to me because I needed something to do because I was like, what am I going to do? I've been sitting here for two months, you know, in co like in quarantine and I'm like, or three months or so. And I'm like, what am I going to do? There, there really isn't much for me to do. I lost a lot of my, my passions. You know, I couldn't play my sport anymore. I couldn't travel. I couldn't really do a lot of things. So I was like, man, maybe I'll actually pick back up on, streaming and i had been playing swotor for quite some time you know i i haven't really taken a big break from the game but it was mostly taking a break from doing content so when do you think you really started to focus again 
uh, end of June this year for sure. Uh, so that's when it actually started. Like it was around, I started posting on YouTube a little bit in June and then, uh, I had a surgery and I had to take some time off. Of course. I mean, I had mouth surgery. I wasn't going to be talking on stream for a mouth surgery. You know what I mean? So I, uh, really started focusing in on this in uh, the end of June and it really started picking up and ramping up uh toward the end of july slash august it was really starting to get there you know the the constant you know 10 people 15 people and then it just kept it just kept going now would you say that it was you know word of mouth would you say that it is you know um i saw that you joined a stream team and would you say it really started to go up once you did that um where do you think the kickoff was for it? Um, I think it was. I think it was a little bit of everything, honestly. Like the, everything you mentioned. Yes, I joined a stream team, uh, Team B Forty Two. They are such a supportive community. Shout out to you guys. Um, they're a very, very supportive community of like small for smaller streamers. It's it's really good for smaller streamers to help them out. You know, build build a community. And I mean, they would come into your stream and sometimes do like a B Forty Two raid and stuff and have people just hang out in your stream and stuff like that for a bit. You know, um, I think it was also word of mouth and just networking. Cause I was friends with like some of the other content creators and it kind of, you know, started to get out there, you know, there's someone different. Like I'm a positive PVP streamer, positive in the community. Marcus, you know, I get super hyped in streams. And like that energy is so contagious that I think people literally just gravitate toward that. And I think once that started getting out there, you know, on Twitch and on my YouTube channel, when I started doing the stream highlights, it really started to, you know, pull together fully. I agree with you. And what is fun about your stream is you've tapped a market that I think that not a lot of people have. So instead of, uh, I'll use myself as an example, and I'm not at the level of a streamer that you are, but what I'm saying is when somebody follows me, they're just following me. You've made it so that when somebody follows you, they're following you and your family. And hearing that, welcome to the Chimeri family, it's really... It makes you feel like you're one, like I'm sitting at the dinner dinner table with you or when Nick and I are sitting down for Christmas dinner on a normal non COVID year, you feel like it makes me feel like we're sitting there with you and you're welcoming us, welcoming us into your family. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So that's actually the big thing is, you know, I get these messages a lot, you know, in DMs or even in game it's happened. You know, people are like, oh my God, I love your content, Kymeri. You're such a positive influence on the community. And I just love being in your community and all this stuff. And of course that leads to, yeah, you're right. Like my, when everyone follows, welcome to the Chimerian family. Appreciate it a lot. Like, you know, and then I have the tier one subs, whoever has a sub to my channel has the welcome emotes and they just spam the welcome emotes, you know, just to make people feel welcomed into a community. And especially in an environment like player versus player, as we know in Star Wars Old Republic can be quite, you know, toxic at times. So I mean, it's something that I really tried to push for and to build a community around, you know, having a positive group of people to be to be in the streams and, you know, in our community. Um, another one is if you're when you're streaming and, you know, even when you're tired, you still log in and you still do a stream. Right. And it's about being consistent. A lot of people that I see, if you're consistent. You know, people know that, okay, he's streaming on Mondays, Wednesdays, and whatever other day. 
they know those days are your days. And when you're consistent at that, you get people that retain and that enjoy coming back to your show. So I'll give an example. I hate Star Wars The Old Republic PvP. I think it's terrible. If you're going to play PvP, let's play Call of Duty, right? But I watch your stream because I enjoy the show of it, not the content. Does that make sense? Yeah, I actually got that like last week. Someone was saying, we're here for you, not the content. And that that hit me at like a level where I didn't expect it to hit me after the stream. I just sat there and I'm like, holy moly. Like that's that's kind of the the amount of what we've been able to do with the content in the streams. And you're, you're, you're absolutely right. It's about consistency. And I've been told this on multiple accounts of being super consistent with my streams. I barely miss. And if, if I have to reschedule or move something, it's very clearly stated somewhere and people will know that. And I never, you know, I always feel guilty. Trust me. I'm a, I'm a guilty person. I, I hate letting people down or making, making it seem like, Oh, I don't want to be streaming on that day, but that's never the case. Uh, I just always, you know, want to make sure people know what's going on uh, if if I have to change anything. So, sure. And so, go- watching your stream grow from we're gonna call it zero to hero, right? So when you go from, let's say the five five viewers, right? When you're streaming for five people, it's in my opinion, it's hard to get that next group of people to come in because when you click on star Wars, your Republic and you're new and you don't know anybody, right. And you're looking at it and you're seeing, okay, somebody named Soterista has 83 people watching it. Uh, somebody named Sith Lord Brit has, you know, 20 people watching this guy, this Kogus person has 60 people watching. It's hard for a viewer to click on somebody's screen that has five people watching. Right. Right. Yeah. You want to, because a lot of people look at the numbers and say, well, that must be a really interactive community or there's something the streamer is doing that, you know, makes people want to be back and in their channel. That's right. So I want to, I want to talk a little bit about this stream team. Can you tell us what a Twitch stream team is? Cause believe it or not, until I saw it on your screen, I didn't even know what it was. Yeah. So basically it's, Usually one person, it could be a group of people. In this case, Team B42 is Benda. Uh, Benda42 is, he's the main streamer. Like he is a partnered Twitch streamer. Um, awesome guy. Very friendly. I love, I love that group. Uh, and I, I do like hanging out in their streams when I get the chance. Sometimes I don't because of uh, Star Wars or work or whatever. Uh, but yeah, so you get to join a stream team. And what it does is basically you, they can invite you to the stream team, right? And that's basically what it says. It says team and then the thing under that. And it's usually a place to help, you know, other streamers, like people like-minded wanting to grow their streams, you know, maybe someday get that partner goal or maybe even just small goals. Honestly, Marcus, the biggest thing for me was small goals. And I honestly made it a point to do small goals. Like I was like, oh, I'm going to celebrate at like 250 followers, which at the end of June, I was sitting when I came back fully, right? I was at 190 followers. Now, this is six months later, and I am at 1,116 followers. Now, that's because I feel like I took the right approach and made small goals, and I never looked at the big picture. Obviously, sometimes, you know, I overshot because I'm like, oh, my mods are telling me I'm going to hit this goal and I'm not believing them because, you know, I was like, oh man, that'll never happen. You know, I won't hit 1K. I was trying to hit that 400. I was at 400 and something when they told me that. And I'm like, there's no way that's going to happen. And look where we are, you know, we're hitting that 1K. And now we're doing a 24 hour stream literally in 
less than a week, uh, about a week or so. Less than a, uh, not less than a week. It's almost uh, like nine days, nine days out. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, the Team B42 guys are really awesome. Uh, stream teams do help, but sometimes they can have a negative effect. And that's something I do want to discuss. And I think I'm going to take that opportunity right now was um, I actually was on Instagram. I started trying to, you know, post more on social media, get my name out there and stuff. And I got invited to a community, right? Like via DM, this guy reached out and was like, hey, you should join our community. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll join it. and I'll join the discord. I hung out in his stream one day um, to start. And right away, I was really uncomfortable. Like it wasn't the the necessary, like, I don't know. It just didn't feel right. Something didn't feel right to me. And I immediately uh, left. Like I left probably the end of that day. I had actually like removed myself from the community because I was like, I don't really feel comfortable in this person's stream or like the community just felt like it was more like that. Um, I don't know. I, it's hard to describe, I guess, how I was exactly feeling. But um, sometimes stream teams can have a really bad effect to them. But you just have to pick the right ones and look into them before you go. The reason I joined Team B42 and how I knew it was okay was uh, fellow streamers like Averia, like she was in it. And like, I know Infiltration knows them as well. So I felt a lot more comfortable with joining Team B42 than, you know, I shouldn't have probably joined this random person who DM'd me on Instagram's community. But it was something that happened when I was at like 400 and something followers. I was already in B42 as well. I didn't get an official invite to their stream team because it wasn't really like that it was one of those discords that you join in and everyone just like hypes up everybody else and it just made me feel really uncomfortable and it made me really feel like i didn't have a place uh essentially and i just i just felt really uncomfortable in there and i i left immediately i understand it's for me you know i don't know what you think nick but i think it's really hard to you know do you ask to join a team or do they invite you into a team um so so some teams are definitely way more strict that i know of i've seen some of them that are like more hey like this is like a requ there's like requirements right but team b42 is actually open to anyone and it's a very you know for me it was really welcoming and i've had zero issues and nothing but awesome times hanging out with some of their members their staff you know like they have staff and stuff i've hung out in multiple streams and I've never had a, one slight of awkwardness or weirdness or anything like that. It just made me feel like I was welcome there. So it, it was always a good time for me. Um, but yeah, that's gotta be so nice to have like such a, a welcoming community, like surrounding you and, and supporting you, you know, it's almost like uh, immediately and my brain goes to AIE, like as a guild supporting people, like in their social aspects of games, you know, to have your stream team like be so welcoming and just to have a, a sort of relaxed and, and open vibe to them. It's got to be a breath of fresh air after that, you know, bad experience you've had. Well, yeah, of course. Like I was in team B42 before that event happened where I joined that other community. Didn't really join their stream team necessarily. Right. Yeah. yeah because I it just... was because, because the, the one streamer was trying to push for partner, which I'm pretty sure he probably hit. Cause he was actually killing it. Right. But it was the fact that like, he wasn't there and it just, I don't know something about the vibe, but it just felt really off for me, but I didn't yeah. feel the same way when I joined, when I joined team B42 and that's kind of how I knew already. So that's kind of my warning to smaller streamers is to be, to be weary on which communities you join in, especially the ones like that culminate in discords, because sometimes it can just, it can leave a really 
weird feeling for you. It, it, it did yeah. for me, at least. So that's one of those things that I kind of regretted instantly. And I talked to one of my mods right away about it. I was like, dude, I literally need to leave this group. I, I made the wrong choice of trying to, you know, hang out in here and it just didn't feel right. So have to remove yourself from that situation before it gets any worse. Well, something that I find that can benefit you, and it might have. I'm going to go back to the five stream, five viewer stream, right? Yep. yep go for it. So you, so you have five viewers, right? Yep. But then you're on Team B42 or Team Goombala, Team Working Class Nerds, whatever that team is, right? And you get okay. They're like, oh shit. Hey Nick, yeah. And I'm oh, sorry, I'm answering for you, Nick. Hey, oh, did ahead. you notice? Dude, Chimeri streaming, we got to get them to 10 viewers because there's there has to be analytics on Twitch that shows that if you have 10 viewers, you have a 70% chance of somebody to click your stream over somebody else. So what I mean by that is if if the Chimeri has 10 viewers and Nick Vern has eight viewers and Marcus is going to click on it, I'm going to look at it and they're both streaming the same content. In my head, I'm going to click the guy that has 10 because I'm going to be like, oh, shit, his show, his his stream is more active than this guy's. Right. 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 And and they are they come into your stream. They talk in the chat. They hype it up and people see that more people come into your stream and they're, they start climbing in. And then they all you need somebody to do is come to your stream. Right. Because right. yeah. once they come and if they actually say hello in your chat, they're about to be overwhelmed with people saying hello to them or they're going to see somebody else come into the chat. Even if they want to just be quiet and not chat and watch, they're going to see all of these other people welcoming this person in, and they're going to immediately feel, feel welcomed. So, what I'm hearing from you from the stream team is that's given you that extra push to get people to click on your stream. Cause there's no doubt that once somebody clicks on your stream, they're, they're hooked. Yeah. So that definitely does happen. They do actually, they do three times a day rating. Like, so what they call is rating. They get a lot of the community members in the same voice chat. And then they start like looking down the list of streamers who are live and they go in there and they hang out for a little bit and then they, you know, they disperse or stay or whatever they want to do. And uh, yeah, usually they hit that follow button. You know what I mean? Like, it's actually a really cool thing. I should be in a, a few more raids myself, um, but you know, it it's really cool and it definitely did help you know, initially. And like you said, those five viewers, you know, and I remember those, you know, that wasn't that long ago for me, right? Like I was sitting at like the five viewers and I'm like, you know what? Like, and I started getting these constant people coming back in, you know? So like it started out with, you know, the set people that were there, you know, that original five. And then it kind of doubled, it was 10. And then all of a sudden you just kept going because people were hearing about the streams and really liking the content. Of course, like you said earlier, word of mouth, social media postings, you know, and myself, big thing I love to do is networking, right? You've seen me in other streams. I'm, all, I'm constantly with other creators, you know, wanting to, you know, talk to them and be around them. And, you know, of course you got to show that love back. Of course, last night, Marcus with you, I had to show you that big love in that raid because, uh, I really wanted to show you my support and of course for having me on the, on the podcast today. So, uh, but yeah, no. And I mean, cause I know what that can do. I know what those raids mean to people, you know, that aren't 
there yet. Like, you know what I mean? Cause it did happen to me, right? Like it, there was people that raided me and then, you know, it got people to look at my stream. And like you said, as soon as that happens, there's people in the chat and boom, they're hooked on it. And that's exactly what I think happened to me for the most part. Well, I, 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 I'm gonna, you know, I, I can actually play this out because it happened. Right. So I made your night. night. Like, well, I, no, yeah. And it's not an ego thing, right? It's the truth. So last night, I I think I was sitting at like seven viewers, six yep. or seven viewers, which are pretty much my regulars. I call them like those are like your immediate family, right? Yeah, those right. are the guys that are guys and girls that are always there. They always chat. You know, you have your one moderator, Kogus. He's always in my channel. Like that dude is like he's like my lifeblood for my channel right now. You know what I mean? He's yeah. always there to help me. And he's helped me build it to where it is today. But then, you know, Kymiri finishes his stream and he drops 37 people into my stream. Now I'm in mid raid. You see this happen. And if you've ever watched my stream, I go fucking bananas, right? Like I go absolutely wild. Like I do on this show, but like even more animated because I'm like, it's live. Yeah. Right. You're definitely and, even more animated. I think yeah, you, you really, so. yeah, you really went off after that. And I, I just want to give a quick uh, shout out to Nick who actually started modding last night. Did a really good job. I was watching the whole time. So good job, man. Oh, thanks. Yeah. yeah well, and I just threw him into it. <laughs> I know. Marcus goes, you're going to be a mod now. Step it up. I was like, what? Uh, okay. It's a tough job. It's a tough job. Trust me. I used to do it, you know, full time. Well, basically every time they would stream and, you know, I always held myself to a, a higher standard because that's kind of just how I roll with everything. I kind of, I kind of put the pressure on myself every, every second of the day. And sometimes that's not a good thing, but anyway, continue Marcus. So anyway, so what I, and, and this is exactly what I'm talking about with what I've watched happen with Kymiri is so, so then you get all these people that show up and now maybe so, some of them know me and they all like, I would say, you know, let's say five people knew who I was. Right. But then all of a sudden the follow started coming and they're following me because the Chimeri came to me and was like, guys, I really like Marcus. We should follow him. And let's like, let's make his day. And it absolutely made my stream. And I actually had, I don't know if it was the highest or the second highest viewer count, average viewer count I ever had. But the magical part of it is out of those people that came in and that chatted all night with you and me, Nick and Chimeri, the out of the let's say the 10 followers that i got mm -hmm. two of them joined our discord and that have been talking in our discord for a day now yeah that's true it's like they joined our entire community but just because of the raid correct and in those who's to say those people would have ever found my channel if it wasn't for chimeri yeah and as you know in chimeri i'm sure you feel this way you know, when somebody follows you, like for me, it's magical because like you're taking your time out of your day and you're hitting that follow button. It costs you nothing. But now, unless you purposely click on my name to get no notifications when I go live, the default is from that point forward, when I go live, you're going to get notified. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And most people don't unfollow a channel unless you're an asshole. <laughs> right 
Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I've had it happen, you know. Um, I've had it happen before. People just unfollow for whatever reason, you know. Uh, I've talked to about it with other streamers, and sometimes people like seeing their name come across the screen and stuff. And then, but and, hey, I don't know. It depends. It depends on the situation, really. I don't really think about it too often, you know. I don't kind of look at it. I don't know. It's not that I don't look at it. I do see it, and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, it's it's whatever. But uh, it's just kind of you know one of those things, and I do understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah. So to finish the point on the raid last night, but it made my night. So again, then, you know, at the end we, I was clearing bosses and I have this thing where if I'm clear, if I clear a new raid boss, I do a giveaway. But mm-hmm. at the end we were watching, um, what were, Oh my God. What were we watching? Uh, the cinematics for yeah, Soul Tor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The cinematics. And like, we were all talking about it in the, in the chat was talking about it. And that's what I mean. And for me, the difference that I see that Chimeris is done is everything in his stream is welcoming and positive. So like after every BBB game, his emotes say GG and he's telling his chat to tell everybody good game because whether win or lose, he's telling everybody to do that. And the chat is going fucking bananas with GGs. So yep. if you're just a normal dude watching this, even if you don't play star Wars, the old Republic PVP, you're like, holy shit, this dude's positive or the welcomes or this or that, you know, the hypes, all that shit, all of your stuff is just building for a positive experience. And I really appreciate that. Yeah, no, that's exactly it right there, Marcus. You hit the, you hit it right on the head, you know, Gigi's in the chat. Like you already know. So it's just, I come from a competitive sports background and, you know, I'm a very respectful person. This is what you get. What you see on stream is literally how I am walking down the street. You will see that. I mean, I don't get hype in someone's face, obviously, because that's kind of annoying, but like, you know what I mean? I'm always a positive, upbeat person all most of the time, you know, it happens, you know, everyone has their days, you know? Uh, but I come from playing like competitive hockey my whole life. And that's all we did, you know, after the games, you know, handshake line, good game, good game. Like that's the mentality I wanted to put on my streams, especially in a place like PVP where it can be, you know, of course there's going to be some trash talk and stuff. I don't usually partake in that, but uh, you know what it is. It is what it is. And some PVPers do and some don't, but I like to just have that positive, you know, mentality that, uh, that is very rare at times. So you are, you actually hit it right on the head there. For sure. And Nick, the Call of Duty question. Mm-hmm. When you when you play Call of Duty PvP, are you a different person? Uh, I see in my head, yes, I'm definitely a different person. I'm like, I'm typically super similar to you, Chimeri. Sun, not sunshine and rainbows per se, but like overly positive all the time. Uh, when I play Call of Duty, I'm very like, not I guess vindictive. It's like, fuck you. Or if like somebody outsmarts me or something, it's like... I want to spite them. You know what I mean? I feel like that's the Call of Duty effect because that definitely <laughs> happens with like with shooter games with me too. Like I get yeah. wicked competitive and I'm like, no, you did not just win that gunfight. I'm coming back. Like I'm coming back stronger. Like, nope, not right. happening. Fuck. Yeah. I, I take well, it like personally when someone bests me in Call of Duty in a gunfight sure. and Marcus, on the other hand, becomes an entirely different person. It's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. <laughs> Marcus is evil when he plays Call of Duty. I've Marcus is like tone of voice changes completely. He, it's like the difference between Schmeagol and Gollum in Lord <laughs> of the Rings. Well, and, and you're right because I am, I, I would say I'm like that positive sunshine and rainbows kind of guy. Yeah. That's play. definitely fair to say. And when I play call of duty and I want to know your feeling too, Chimera is like when I play call of duty, like 
it's like a switch flips in my head and I'm not Marcus. I actually had to stop streaming it because it's not who I am, but I love it so much, but I don't know if it's because I'm competitive or it's just something about a gunfight. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what it is about that game, but I get so mad and I wouldn't even say mad, but like, oh, like the things like, that come like, out of my mouth, like Nick just laughs at me. Right. Yeah. And for like, he'll be like, Marcus, are you all right? Dude, I'm fine. This fuck face just shot me from halfway across the map. How did he even do that? And you watch the kill cam and you're like, the guy didn't even hit me. And clearly he did. Right. Yeah. Or the, you know, oh my God, I lose my shit. It's like, it's like when a Jedi like knight gets tempted and channels the dark side of the force. You know what I mean? Or yeah, just like Ezra touched the, uh, when the Sith Holocron. Sith Holocron, yeah. Same kind of. That's like what happens to Marcus when he plays Call of Duty. He's the Call of Duty is his Sith Holocron. I literally call it the Call of Duty effect. It's seriously a true thing, and I mean, I get like that too. Of course, like I'm not as like gung ho about it, but I do get pretty hyped when I like win a crazy gunfight or something. Again, I grew up on playing, you know. I played from one of my first online games was an actual shooter game. It was back on the PlayStation two. Uh, SOCOM two, SOCOM. like SOCOM. I love that game to death. That was my first real ever experience online. I played game battles. I did like everything back then, you know, and that kind of carried over to when I started doing call of duty more. I actually stayed in that competitive scene and all that stuff. And of course there was times, you know, getting that uh, hype and it definitely is the call of duty effect or even like another game. Like I play rogue company, um, too. That's another game I also play with some friends and I get so hyped when I, when I challenge a crazy gunfight and I win, I'm just like popping off. But like, that's what you see in my streams when, uh, when it happens in PVP, not so much as often because it's not as flashy in my opinion in, right. in SWOTOR, but like in, in those type of games, you can be a lot more flashy in, in what you're doing. So the, um, it, it it shows right so two more things um before we can uh we're done grilling you about your your uh, channel so the the i heard on your stream that you're going to do a 24 hour stream uh, yep that is correct because we hit 1k followers and i made that decision on a stream when i had under 500 at the time and i was just planning on doing a 12 hour at 500 ish or whatever it was and uh yeah i was like if i ever hit 1k guys i'll do a 24 hour stream and then it got clipped and then it was just kind of in the back of everyone's mind at that point and uh yeah when i hit 750 that realization kind of clicked in really fast because i did a 12 hour stream for 750 and it kind of just clicked at that moment where I'm like, yep, I'm going to eat those words and it's going to happen quicker than I think. And I didn't expect it before the new year. I had people telling me it was going to be before the new year. Other creators, it was kind of nuts. And uh, yeah, it actually just happened, you know, right before the end of the new year or before the new year. And I'm just saying that's fucking crazy. That is super crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a common thing. If you see it around Twitch, it is a common place. I won't do them for just no reason. I have seen friends that I'm, I'm friends with that do these long streams. And I'm like, dude, how are you doing that on a regular stream day? Like, that's, that's exhausting. Like, you have to plan this out, especially 24 hours. It's going to be absolutely insane. There's so much going on. I'm going to be playing a lot of SWOTOR, but we're going to be playing some Battlefront 2. I'm going to maybe start a Fallen Order playthrough. We'll see. 
Uh, maybe some Republic Commando. I bought that on Steam. I don't, I'm surprised I didn't have it already. I've definitely played it before. You know, just stuff like that. I want to make sure I'm doing other Star Wars content, which is literally the only thing I stream on my channel. And that's that's one thing I also wanted to say was I, I wanted to separate myself from that because I know there's like some streamers that like to play other games and I just like to keep it in one genre or one one IP or one you know one thing that's similarity because like my whole channel is based off of Star Wars so if I was gonna go let's say play Call of Duty on stream it wouldn't really fit the theme of the the, the stream it's not the same vibe that you're getting but if I want to get that fixed right I'll go play Battlefront 2 so that's kind sure. of where we're at for it. Like, you know, and that's kind of why I always stuck to just doing one thing and not try to diverse myself too far away from what my vision was. How sure. does one do a 24 hour stream? I don't know. I'll find out on the 16th and I'll tell you, I will tell you <laughs> then because I have no idea. I've talked to a couple people that have done them. Uh, definitely. I took the, I took a half day on the Friday before and I took the Monday off after because I am going to be hanging out a little bit on that Friday evening, but then I am going to sleep because that is at 8 a.m. EST. I am starting on uh, on that Saturday, the 16th of January for a 24-hour live stream, which we're going to be doing a bunch of giveaways as well. So it's going to be really hype for the community. I don't normally do too many giveaways except for like hype moments. You know, like I did some on New Year's Eve. That was kind of like a hype thing, you know, but like I, my, my normal streams, I don't usually give things away. Uh, because I want, you know, I want them to be special when I do them, in my opinion. And that's just kind of how I've rolled with it all. So like the 24 hour stream, it's going to be hype because we're going to be having all that stuff going on. Plus the fact that I'm going to be live and sitting in front and in this desk and chair for 24 hours. Of course, I'm taking breaks. You know, you have to take a dinner break, food break, uh, stretch. You got to you got to you got to get out of the chair. You're not going to sit here straight for 24 hours. There's no way. It's well, just I was not going to happen. Ask that. Like, what do you give yourself for? a break you know obviously you're not probably not going to take an hour break 30 20 to 30 yeah i think so, that's a good time i think that's a good amount of time especially for like a food break i think that's really good of course i'm gonna have a lot of stuff prepared ready to go already so i don't have to even cook or think about it or you know order food or anything like that no more pizza shenanigans i might order a pizza that day but it's gonna be I'm going to have to have someone go get it because 8 a.m. the pizza place ain't open. So unless I just leave it overnight in a fridge and then just heat it up, which is another possibility or have that for dinner Friday night and then just eat some of the leftovers on Saturday, which is a possibility. But it's definitely making sure you stay hydrated. You have snacks, some energy. I drink G Fuel. I am a huge advocate for like non-carbonated energy drinks. I do also love Red Bull. If anyone hasn't known that, I do adore Red Bull and G Fuel more than anything. And uh, that's those are my two energy drink choices that I go with. And that's why every stream I drink one G fuel or, you know, but obviously for the 24 hour, I'm going to need a couple of those or, you know, just in a healthy limit of, you know, having enough energy for that. And of course, getting enough sleep the night before is going to be big for me as well. Um, With the G fuel thing is so I recently got some and Nick and I tried it. I don't know eight months ago a year ago oh, more than years it was the, the first time he went to pax i thought oh yeah maybe so and what i like about it so i do love monster i like the taste of it but what i find out of find about monster is like afterwards like the sugar that's in it it just crushes you yeah it's the crash it's it's basically exactly what you know you hear on those commercials when they're promoting five hour energy right no sugar, right. no crash. Like that's a common thing where energy drinks. And normally if I have a Red Bull, it's either the OG 
or sugar free, just so I don't have that same feeling. And of course, G Fuel, no sugar, basically. So it's right. uh, and, it's incredible. I mean, I'll drink one, you know, almost before every stream or before we podcast, you know, and I don't feel like I don't ever feel jittery from it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's what I like. But, you know. Yeah, at the workplace. Hey, at my workplace, we have a cabinet, and you're going to love this since you make cabinets, um, called the G Fortress, and it literally just has tons of G Fuel in there because me and my buddy just love it so much, and we just order. We take turns on the BOGOs and order just a bunch of different ones. Like, heck, I got Classified coming, which I know what it tastes like already, and Watermelon, my favorite flavor, actually, um, coming because I'm almost out because I had to get into the BOGO before it ended for the uh, New Year's. But for sure. yeah. I, I absolutely love that stuff. And I've always been an advocate. I've been drinking G Fuel actually since it came out. You know, my first ever flavor was Blue Ice. Um, I remember when they first came out and they only had those basic flavors like grape. Then you had orange, you know, Blue Ice, Fruit Punch. And like, those are the basic flavors. And now we're into these crazy flavors that you can have with milk, like Moon Pie, the coffee flavor. Like you have those with milk. You don't have those with water because that definitely probably won't taste good with water. But it is what it is. And now they're into some crazy, you know, absolute insan insanity flavors. Like like that guava flavor is pretty good. Like there's a lot of good flavors out there. What do you guys like for flavors? Oh, I liked the Swedish fish one was one of my favorites. Wow. I actually, am, <laughs> you're going to hate me for that. I actually, that's my least favorite that I've ever tried. I don't know why. It just didn't feel like the first couple sips were good. But then after I got like not even halfway down a serving, I was like, man, I don't like the taste of this anymore. I don't know. I get you. Um, I'm trying to remember the other one I had. I think uh, it was a strawberry lemonade or something to that effect. Oh, that's a good one. Good that's a good one. Yeah. Marcus, what were your favorites? My favorite is the sour apple. Oh, it's such a good flavor. Oh, I, so I, that's good. what I'm drinking right now, and it's so good. I also do like blue light ice. So in Boston, um, back in the summer, I don't know if you guys remember, I completely fried my CPU. So I had to drive to Micro Center because I needed a CPU ASAP and they had all of them in stock. So when I went there and I was standing in line, they had a cooler and it was full of G Fuel. So I bought literally like a 12 pack of them because I can't ever find the cans. Yeah. And it was and I tried a bunch of their flavors like the blue raspberry, blue ice, um, the watermelon. There was a, a tropical maybe in a tropical rain. Yeah. And I, and they were good. What I do like about it is it, it gives you energy, but you don't like my stomach gets upset after I drink a monster. If I drink the whole thing like later on. And I think that's like the sugar breaking down and you don't realize how much sugar is in it until you drink a G fuel. Right. And compare. And the other thing I like about the G fuel is the powder is like, let's say you're just, you know, you, you just want like a little pick me up. You well, you just put a little scoop in it. Yeah. It you don't have to good. go the, you don't have to go the full serving, you know, you right, can even make exactly. a smaller, you know, eight ounce serving or whatever. And it's, it definitely, you're right. There's no jitter. I've been drinking G fuel, like I said, for a long time. And of course that's my, like my, my go-to at work, of course, when I'm in the office right now I'm at home. So I do have some here, of course, but my buddy keeps restocking the ones at the office because when I go in sometimes, you know, I want that G fuel. I drink a coffee in the morning usually, but, uh, anything in the midday is, you know, G fuel and on that's, that's kind of how I roll with it. It's awesome. So Camry, last thing before we, we wrap things up here, um, if 
a new streamer or someone who's just starting to stream wanted some advice, what would what would the advice that you'd give to them be? Uh, okay, this is going to be a pretty pretty long and in depth thing. So I will tell you some you of my mistakes. Ahead. Some of my mistakes, you know, in the past, you know, I I had mentioned I tried this on two other occasions, and again, I'm going to chime in and say third time was the charm here. Um, just because I think I had a different vision this time, but back then I looked a lot more at like the viewers and I was like, oh man, I have no one in my stream and like, or like I have three people and that's not the mentality you want to have. You want to turn that off. Just turn it off. If you're that type of person and you're going to look at the viewers, please just turn it off. And I know it's very hard and difficult to get out of that because that's like constant. Like you're like, oh, I don't want to waste my time if I'm not streaming to anyone, but it'll help you in the long run. If you can get away from that. 110 percent i fell into that pitfall right when i first started less in 2018 that was more of me like i think my channel could have grown a lot back then it's just i think you know it wasn't the right time and of course my computer said the same thing when it died on me so it was part it's partly that um try to be weary of stream communities you try to join into there are certain ones that are very good like i said i know quite a few team b42 i think the phoenix cartel is pretty good as well uh, there are some other you know stream teams that are are good uh just be very weary on the discords you join in because they can provide a really uncomfortable environment don't don't make the same mistakes i did and that was even this year i made that mistake so definitely don't do that honestly have freaking fun. That's like the biggest thing I can tell you. Stream what you want, have a good time, and just do whatever you want and whatever your heart desires because that's when you're going to have fun doing it. Don't force yourself to stream a game or don't don't think you're entitled to streaming Fortnite because it's one of the popular games or don't stream WoW because it's the most popular MMO. I'm not saying don't do those things. It's just making sure you have as much fun as possible uh, while you're streaming and because it's at the end of the day it's about you and that's that's one thing i learned really early on this time coming back was i was making the stream focused about me there is another thing you might notice in my streams is i don't use discord even if i'm playing with people i don't i don't talk in discord and there's a there's an actual reason for that is because one you can't control what others can say and of course as the streamer you are liable for that so you have to be very very cautious of that and uh two because I wanted to keep the main focus of the stream about like the channel and myself, because that's exactly what it's about. Sometimes like I feel like it's more of a distraction with other people talking and stuff like that. Sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. I just chose that for myself and I felt like it really helped with my success and it helped me build my brand. And that's kind of the other aspect of it is try to try to go for a brand. Once you start hitting those like follower numbers, like I'd even say 10 to 15, start trying to rebrand or make a brand. Make sure you have like a logo and it's uniform all the way across all your platforms. I felt like that was a really big step for me. And uh, something that I've been, you know, I did for a while, like, you know, I have the the Togruta. That's actually a Togruta I have in game. It's based on Ahsoka, of course. She's my favorite character. So, um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was based off that with my two favorite color, my, my favorite color is teal and like uh, mint green. So I, I had those sabers and I kind of wanted my character to reflect that and my logo to be that, you know. And of course, my emotes also are uniform to that. I have a couple different ones here and there, but um yeah no it's definitely about consistency to get be consistent try to set yourself on a schedule if you possibly can i know sometimes it's really hard with life and things happen but being very communicative to your community is the biggest thing you can do and be like hey guys sorry i can't go i can't stream tonight i mean heck in august i lost power for a week that that hurricane or whatever that happened here you guys might remember that 
Uh, yep. I lost power yep. for a week and I couldn't stream and I felt so guilty. Like I was so sad and de- like, I was really upset about it. Like I was shaken up because I couldn't stream, do my content. I luckily had YouTube videos ready to go. So I kind of like saved them up and I was lucky I had those ready to go. Um, so some more advice, uh, also is definitely get to know some of the other streamers. I know there are, you know, smaller streamers joining my community and talking to me. And that's exactly what you want to do. You want to be able to, you know, figure out a formula for yourself and also be friends with the other creators, especially in the same genre of game you're playing. Like the Swotor community is pretty close. Like, honestly, a lot of the content creators are very, very close knit. And that's, that's how I see it. And, uh, yeah, it's very good to do that. Like, it's kind of like that networking, you know, get your name out there, even though don't shamelessly plug yourself unless the streamer's like, Hey, yeah, I'm going to give you a shout out. You know what I mean? Cause if I know you stream, I'm going to do that. You know what I mean? And it does help every little bit helps, um, just staying consistent and just being true to yourself. That's the biggest thing. Make sure you set a vision for yourself, focus on small goals, uh, don't, don't do anything crazy, you know, try to, try to have a nice positive community. I think that's what really, uh, sets people apart too, is like just the, the, the amount of what you can build with a community like that is, is through the roof and you can actually just, you know, you can go crazy with it. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's my biggest recommendation is just try to be you and just enjoy what you're streaming. Because if you're not, if you don't enjoy streaming, then do not force yourself to do it because you're not going to be happy in the long run. And that's, you know, often, often a common issue I see is people try to stream stuff, uh, but they're unhappy with what they're streaming. So just do whatever you, what makes you happy. What are you guys talking about in here? Find out next episode of Working Class Nerds. Nerds.